on Giddy Up. It's now time for the Midweek Masterclass. Buddy, your pen's ready. We'll find your few winners today um, for tomorrow's racing across the country at the Metropolitan Race Tracks. We're racing in Victoria at Sandown on the Hillside Track, Kensington at Ramwick, Doombin, Pinjara, Oak Bank and Launceston racing tomorrow night. Let's start with Mitchie Lewis, who's done the form for us at uh, Sandown, also at Oak Bank in South Australia. Mitchie, hello to you. Hello, Gareth. Do you want to start on the hillside track? Yeah, I think so. So that's probably at this stage where I'm keen to bet into. I've I found a few through the card that I don't mind, but for the midweek masterclass, I found two that I reckon are over the odds, in my opinion. So we'll aim on those two, but I might have a couple more next uh, tomorrow in the bag of tips. So the first one, I think, Race one, number one, following C for the McAvoy team. So this horse made its debut mid last year in a two-year-old race at Caulfield. Look, it finished eighth of nine a fair, bay, fair way off him, but you could see it probably needed some improvement. Um, it resumed here. I really liked its trial recently on the synthetic at Ballarat, and I just thought they booked Damien Lane, who's obviously flying. They must think it's a chance. And I, I just marked it a little bit lower than what you're currently getting around that $6.650 mark. So... I'm keen to have an early play on following C. Probably not too big, given it's a pretty open maiden, but I think he's a good opportunity to get one over the odds there. So the three-year-old by Taranado, Molly Nick is, is a pretty handy galloper. He was behind that horse on debut. So, um, yeah, following the C, D Lane's been booked for the McAvoy. I hope Lane's not cutting Harry Coffey's lunch. Um, no. Harry might still be on in his budgie smuggling. Yeah, Harry might have just something. given Laney a bone there, would you believe? Um, what else have you got for us? <laughs> if we go to the next race, uh, we've got two equal favourites in Surprise Valley for the Waterhouse Bot team and Donegal. So I'm keen to be with Donegal for the uh, Hayes team. Uh, one on Zaboo, I thought that was a pretty good run by it in a reasonable race. The trials have been pretty good, two 800-metre trials. I just thought Surprise Valley, I reckon I had tipped it while you were away at Yarra Valley, but geez, we were pretty lucky to get away with that one in a BM58. I know it's going to get the run of the race, but I don't think it's going to get everything its own way in this race. And I think Donegal, it's probably got some good upside. So I believe they'll be the, that'll be the one that they come for. Um, so race two, number two, Donegal is my next tip there. Beautiful. So race two... Number two, Donegal. What else have you got for us? Is that all of there at Sandown? Have you got anything at that uh, Oak Bank that we might be able to get a nice prize for? Yeah, um, it's interesting. So race four, number five at Oak Bank, Skinder. This is a horse that won here, uh, broke its maiden here very, very impressively, and the market was pretty strong around it that day. Look, I'm assuming it'll it'll probably open up as a favourite and you'd probably want to back it, but... I think if we're getting something close to 250, that's probably a bet. Oakbank's quite a horses for courses track, and it it more than handled it when it won by that four lengths, and it beat a horse that was going on to win as well. So there's winning form out of that maiden. I just sort of thought at this stage, Skinder's probably the one that I'm most keen to be with. All right, then. So race four, number five, Skinder. I like it, mate. Yep. Them are three. I reckon, like I said, I've got a couple more at Sandown, but I reckon they're at their prices, so I'll mention them tomorrow in the bag of tips. Go on, you, Mitchie. Enjoy your day. Thanks, mate. You have a good day, too, and I'll chat to you tomorrow. Mark Roden's done the form for the Kenzo track meeting at Randwick. G'day, Mark. G'day, Gareth. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Take it away with your place. Yeah, a couple of races I'm interested in. Pretty thin card, uh, as usual, this time of year. Uh, but I like uh, the look of race four. I think the favourite Nana's wish might be a bit short. 
She's got a platform to step. She was okay with that being fantastic first up. I think any potential improvement is priced in uh, at the price she is now around 240. I think that's a bit short. I found a couple I think can give her a race. Number six, Wolves, who got well back at Canterbury last time out, uh, ran on well. Jay McDonald goes on. She's only won one out of about 19, I think, Wolves, but that's the day she won, she actually led. Uh, so I don't think she'll be getting back in this field that doesn't look that much speed in it on paper. And I think Jay Mac might just take it to the front, uh, and that'll give her every chance, I think. Um, one I want to say one is number seven, Love Child. Silly, uh, one start, one win. Strong win at Beaumont on uh, Boxing Day. Uh, she was restrained out of the gates. I think that was just due to the circumstances of the race that day. And again, with no speed, it's drawn one outside walls. And I wouldn't be surprised if McAvoy just followed Jay Mac across and these two could possibly settle one too. No doubt Nana's wish will get a good trail from one. But as I say, if she doesn't take that improvement, she's no good thing to beat them. So I just think it's better odds. What's that? It's about 440 Wolves and $9 love child. We can have a little, little um, two-horse play there. All right, then. So race four, number six and seven. What else? Uh, on to the last race. Um, markets more or less got two standing out here, 12, the Black Cloud and eight, Firestar. Again, just at a, you know, because of the price issue, I'm leaning to the second pick here, Firestar. Uh, it's drawn better than Black Cloud. Black Cloud was a very good winner uh, on Debu, um, but it's got speed inside it. Uh, I think it's going to have its work cut out getting across. Firestar sat off from at Canterbury on New Year's Day, uh, about midfield, hit the line very strongly in, in a pretty slow tempo that day, to be honest, too. So I think from nine, it gets in fairly handy or midfield with cover. Uh, I think there'll be a good speed, uh, depending on scratchings here, and I think it can possibly turn over the favourite at the bigger price of uh, about 460. Beautiful. So that is race... Just lost my race. Oh, race seven, number eight, that yep. one, sorry. Race seven, number eight, yep. So for the snow, as McAvoy writes. Um, so race four, number six, um, save on race four, number seven, love child. And then yep. we'll have something on um, fire star, race seven, number eight there at Randwick. That's it. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Mark. No worries. There, there's Mark Roden there. Chris Nelson's done the form for us at Doombin on a Wednesday afternoon. G'day, Chris. Hey? Morning, Gareth. Yeah, we've got uh, a soft track at this stage at Doombin tomorrow. Just the odd shower still hanging around. Hasn't really changed from last week. And we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. The humidity still high? Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. Well, not as high as it was. It says outside 32.6 and 65% humidity. So nothing like it was last week, but it's still up there. All right, mate. What are we doing at Doombin? Well... I'm not suggesting a bet yet in this first race because I don't know any markets, but uh, it's a two-horse race and an interesting race. We've got uh, some debutantes here, and I speak of number one, Duke Calzini, and number four, Tiger Tai. Now, Duke Calzini was down to running the debut at the Gold Coast on Saturday. Uh, missed out, just couldn't sneak its way into the field. Did win a trial nicely at Warwick Farm. And the other one there, Tiger Tai, has only had one trial and won that well at Doom and just went straight to the front and wasn't for catching. So... As I said, we'll wait and see what happens uh, when the markets come up. But we'll be probably talking about this race again tomorrow, but it does look a two-horse race, one and four. Now, on to the actual tips. Race three, number three. Again, I'll be guided a bit by the market here, but looking for a, a good price, about number number two it actually is. Race three, number two, Lennick. Now, he's drawn a, uh, or she's drawn a wide gate, but she's going very well lately. And if she can get across and sit outside, then I think she's a good chance here. Uh, she was a good thing beaten two back at Doombin behind smart recognition. Then she made up for that. Uh, with a good win last time out. And she just missed the kick a little on that occasion. She was revved up, and then she pulled clear of them late. She's a, she's a nice mare. She's only likely raced for a four-year-old. 
even off that wide gate, I think she'll run well. So we'll just be guided by what sort of value we get when the prices come out. This one, I don't care what price it is, it should be winning. Race four, number seven, pay line. Uh, Maiden had five starts for four placings. was a good thing beaten two back at the Sunshine Coast. And then went around in uh, one of those Magic Millions Maidens behind Barassi, Gareth, and ran a really good yes. four, a third. Yeah, he, uh, he only got out. He only got out late and really hit the line on that occasion. That was eleven hundred. Now he gets up to uh, thirteen fifty. He should be winning that maiden, I would think, tomorrow. That's race four, number seven, pay line. But we will know more in the morning when we know the prices. So race three, number two, Lennox. Race four, number seven, pay line. Super confident there. Then Ducalcini and Tiger Tie. Maybe just have a yeah. look at the markets there and the two-year-old race. We had, a, we had a chat to Matty Dunn. He was a fascinating chat today with the Bet365 Country Racing Hour about how he left Sydney and he turned up at Mooala Bar. And he always had his base up there at Mooala Bar, but um, he just couldn't, he couldn't make it in Sydney in a way and he had to make a tough decision from a commercial point of view. But now he's one of the hottest trainers in the country. He's, he's training winners for fun on days like Magic Millions Finals Day. Yep. He wins the highway for fun, I should say. Every time he travels a horse... Um, down from Mooilla Bar to Sydney. Um, and then we had Chris Anderson. It got me thinking, Chris, oh, in that part of the world, like Tony Golan's the star, like he's the hottest trainer at the moment. But who would who would be the hottest trainers below him? Because in, in Queensland, there's I, I category, like I put Matty Dunn in that category because I think he's he, he plays on a regular basis in a way there in, in Queensland. But you got trainers like Matty Dunn, David Van Dyke, Jack Bruce, um, yeah. Waller plays a part, Annabelle Neesham, um, Chris Anderson, Robert Heathcote, the Mars now, Chris Muntz. Yeah. There's some good trainers there. I probably missed a couple. Sweeter. Yeah, you missed Kelly. Chris Sweeter. Yeah, Kelly Sweeter, I was going to say there as well. Who? Uh, and I think in Queensland, it, look, Tony Golan dominates. There's no doubt about that. He's got more horses than anyone else. And he, he's an excellent trainer. And he, he's so meticulous with his planning. Uh, he deserves all the success that he gets. Uh, the others, they don't have as many horses as Tony does, and they seem to go on rolls. Like Kelly Schweder, I know, started the season off in fantastic style. He's still going very well, but he started like a bomb. Chris Anderson, over the last probably month or so, has has trained many winners. And yep. he's a very good trainer. He's a very shrewd trainer, Chris Anderson. Uh, he's another one that's quite good tactically. Uh, he's a very smart man and a really nice guy. So Chris Anderson, you would have found that out this morning. Uh, Chris Waller's always up there because he's got good numbers coming up from Sydney. So they tend to get on rolls, some of these trainers below the likes of Tony Gollan and Matty Dunn's another. I mean, he was very successful up here before he went to Sydney. He was training plenty of winners. And then he went to Sydney, as you said, he didn't quite make it there, struggled, went back to Mwillenbar, and now he's back to where he was, if not going better, before he went to Sydney. So, yeah, we've got a lot of them. We've just got to catch them on their day. Yeah, so you've got Gollan, who clearly is the leading Metro trainer. Waller, Schweder... Heathcote, Muntz, Nisham, Kendrick. He's underrated. Yes. Stuart well, Kendrick's flying at the moment. And O'Day and Hoistead haven't had that season that they had last year, I guess. And then you've got Matty Dunn, Lockwood, Chris Lees. Van Dyke's probably been a little quieter than he usually is. The Sears, Mark Curry, Jack Bruce, Lee Ross, Chris Anderson, and the Edmonds. Um, I thought they might be a little bit high, but there you go. There's some quality traders in Queensland. Oh, there is for sure. And uh, as you mentioned, oh, Dave Hoisted probably haven't had the run that they thought they would. Uh, and, and there's others that have done uh, done very well. You mentioned there Chris Muntz, uh, who's always one that's bobbing up with winners as well. So 
Yeah, we have, as I said, once you get below the, the Tony Gollan numbers, it, it becomes very, very open. And they're all in there with a chance. It's not dominated as it is in Sydney, you know, by three or four main staples. Thanks for that, mate. Appreciate it, Chris Hope. No worries. Have a good day, Gareth. Peter Anthony joins us now. He's done the form for Pinjara on a Wednesday there in WA. G'day, Pete. Yeah, g'day, Gareth. What do you think of this meeting? Uh, well, we've got a couple of races transferred from the abandoned meeting from Ascot on Saturday. Um, the feature of the Miss Andretti is pretty well established. It's hard to find a hole there in the market at the moment. But outside of that, we've got some big fields. And obviously, there's been a fair few horses that have been saved for uh, for a race day. So, yeah, look, I think we're obviously going to form markets in all bar the feature. But I think in the last race 10, Esprit Garçon, I mean, look, anything sort of approaching 220 is probably a decent price to take. Gate 3... Whether or not the track plays as on pace as what it did last Thursday, it's the same rail position. That's um, that's to be seen. But look, Jared Nosky knows the horse well. Um, he posted a black type figure last start, really. And um, there's not too many other runners in this race, with the exception of Duchess of Gossip, that really looks like being a black type, even, you know, place getter. So for me, race 10, number seven, the Spree Garcon. Um, I'll just be waiting to see what the market does there. But yeah, looking for black figures. And then the Miss Andretti, which is race number nine on the, on the program. You've got... Laverod, Ghost Who Walks, It's a Ray Day, Real Dancer, Corn Cob, Gemma's Son, Hint to Mint Pants Down Now with the Genjemmies, and Wild Bell with Luke Fernie. Do you have an opinion there? Yeah, that's Wild Bell first up, and look, it probably almost fell twice in the straight and uh, still almost won. So, look, there's no price about it now. So, out of more mental uh, mental health reasons, Gareth, I think I'll just let uh, Wild Bell go around at that price range without me. I thought Real Danger was the the main danger, but look, it's been well found at five fifty into three ninety. That's that's getting short enough now. And look, a few of these others are probably better suited at Ascot or over a shorter distance than twelve hundred. So yeah, it's not really a race of interest for me. It could be a debate for tomorrow, but when you have a look at W, a bit similar to what's happening there with say the Queensland trainers like Tony Gollan's links in front of the rest when it comes to the premiership at the moment. Um, it just seems Grant Williams and Alana Williams are on a different planet to everybody in the West. Neville Parton's not far away, but like they, what they're doing with horses like Casino 17 is remarkable. Well, that was what Casino 17, sixth set of trainers, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, won the, won the Perth cup and, Look, they've finally got a, got to a stage after separating with Peter's investments where they've actually got some decent cattle. Although you still go through the breeding of some of them, you, they're still picking the eyes out of a lot of these sales. They're not going through and buying things that are, you know, well and truly, you know, half million dollar sort of horses or anything like that. So they're um, they're just in the in the zone at the moment. And I think as well, they're they're finding and placing their horses around the certain tracks particularly well, which is. Probably half the battle in WA. We're seeing a lot of the tracks at the moment. They're playing quite on speed. It's difficult to make significant ground, um, especially at, say, like a Belmont. So you just have to be picking your eyes in terms of where you're taking their horses, and especially for them, given they've got a few mid midfield to backmark type horses running around. So, yeah, look, um, it's it's outside of them. It's pretty even at the moment. Yeah, and just like... I, I... I think they've surprised everyone with the way that they're going because I don't think they're getting the better quality horses. In fact, I would argue to say that when they were with Bob, they had better class or better bred horses than what they've got now. But um, no, they're just firing on all cylinders, the Williams team at the moment. Good on you, Pete. Thanks for that, mate. No worries, Gareth.